You're listening to the English Ministry Podcast of Chinese Christian Church Thousand Oaks. Join us every Sunday at 11 a.m. Find out more at english.cccto.org. <laughs> so I need to get used to it, more body movement. So let us open in prayer. Dear God, this is your word. I pray that you will speak to us. Open our ears so that we can hear you. Open our hearts so that we can be comforted by your word. We pray in the sweet name of Jesus Christ, who loves us even to the point of death. Amen. God's comfort. Uh, Oh, wow, that screen is not on, so nothing's on. That's a surprise. Okay, just look at me then. Oh, there, here you go. Okay, God's comfort is sufficient even for you to share. There are a lot of teenagers here. I remember when I was a teenager. When I was 19, I said a prayer to offer a scar on my arm. Guess how would a teenage girl pray for her scar? We have teenagers here. So you have a scar. What would you pray? <laughs> really? I pray that it would never Go away. Oh, what? Yes, you heard me right. And he heard my prayer actually still here. You, you will feel free to come take a look after the service, okay? Because this is a reminder of God's comfort. It reminded me how my father of mercies, who comforted a freshman dental student who was supposed to have a bright future ahead of him, but instead, my friend Hawk was diagnosed with fourth-stage liver cancer. This scar is the real proof of God of all comfort who brought Hawk and me hope while I walked with him in the last three months of his life. Because of liver cancer, Hawk could not take any sodium, no salt. So all the hospital food was awful, you can imagine, right? After a month, he could not swallow down a thing. Then God Come on, uh, he kind of like gave me the idea to look for recipes that only use sugar. For the first time in my life, I step in the kitchen and reward myself with a burning scar. In God's amazing protection, I finished making my first meal without killing myself or burning down the house. My mom really, really loved that. But you know what's the most amazing thing that happened? For the first time, I saw my friend Hulk finish all the food in front of him. And I still remember so clearly, not just the eating, but the hope in his eyes. He said through my so-called cooking, he saw God's comfort. And then his appetite came back. Need one thing. That's what I forgot. There you go. Does it work? Work, work, yay. A scar. So, uh-oh, did I put in? Ding. Yes. As for each one of us, we are living in a broken world. Just look at Hong Kong. I grew up in Hong Kong. I have never thought it could be that much a turmoil. Chances are we all face different kind of affliction and suffering one way or another. In the past, God comforted my friend Hawk in his suffering 
so that he could comfort me and everyone around him. Therefore, I want to revisit with you today a very simple truth, but somehow in the darkest time of our lives, it's not easy to hold on to. On the screen, God comforted us in all our affliction so that we can comfort others. We'll turn to our passage today, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, 1-7. through 7. I will use the New American Standard Version. We are going to take a look at three aspects about comfort. The source, the purposes, and the grounds for sufficiency. Okay, let me start with first aspect about comfort, the source. So what is the source? Or I should say, who is the source? It is in verse 3. Our God is the source of our comfort, and he is Father of mercies and God of all comfort. This may not be something new to you or the church at Corinth, but why is this so important that in, this is the first thing that Paul wants the church at Corinth to know? In this 13 chapters, question, how many verses are there in 2 Corinthians? You would never know, right? 257 verses, a long letter. I may have a few answers to that. The church at Corinth, obviously, are in a lot of confliction, turmoil, division, affliction, internally or externally. What about you? Remember when the affliction or your suffering was so overwhelming that you may ask, where is God when it hurts? Does he still care? Yes, he does. But not because of some kind of fantasy that God of the universe will pay attention to someone like me. This is because in verse 1 and 2, Paul reminded us that we have a relationship with him. We are church of God. We belong to him. Furthermore, God is our father. I have a great earthly father, but sometimes my mistakes definitely would make him not wanting to respond well. I know when you look at me right now, I look like a perfect kid, right? Yep, I know. Tell that to my parents. But guess what? The first phone call my father got from my school was about a physical fight with other boys. When I was, guess how old? Three in kindergarten. Yep, that's the perfect kid. But remember what church Paul was addressing to. The church of Corinth, and that's my hope. They were definitely not the best church in the world. But still, Paul addressed them as saints. Our relationship with God is never based on how good we are, thank God. But based on God's faithfulness, and the price paid for our sin by the suffering of Christ is enough. Therefore, brothers and sisters, do not listen to the lie that because I'm not good enough, because I'm just not good, God doesn't want to comfort you. He does. He wants to comfort you and me. On top of our relationship with God, when we look at verse 3 and 4, there's even more. God is the source of our comfort because who he is. Do you know God who is? This is one of his attributes. 
We keep hearing it over and over again, Father of mercies and God of all comfort. In this deeply divided world filled with hatred, mercy is a rare commodity. But this is exactly what makes this truth so significant and so precious. This is not just one type of mercy or some kind of comfort. They are all in plural form. Lots of mercy and all kinds of comfort. And in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, reminds us that God is always consistent for who he is because he cannot deny himself. What makes it even more assuring is that when we look at verse 4, how did Paul describe the affliction again? He used the adjective, three-letter word, all. Where are you right now? In church? Yeah, I know. I mean, where, what situation are you in your life right now? An unhappy or unsatisfying job? Yeah, I saw people knocking their head, right? Difficult relationship with your family, with your kids, with your parents. Stressful to make new friends and new people or make people to like you at work, at school. Yeah, I remember those days. Financial stress for the family, loss of jobs for a long time. Fighting with long-term diseases or cancer yourself or someone you love. Yes. Or maybe not just one big problem, it's just keep coming. So you must be so tired right now. But I want you to hear God's word. We have a father who is the father of mercy and God of all comfort. He comforts us in all affliction. In verse 4, I love this term called nomic parsable. It's in Greek. It describes something that is timeless. It describes the promise of God's comfort, which indicates there's no expiry day. There's no end to it. Before I move on to my second aspect, I want to share with you one more significance to recognize that God is our source of comfort. These days, school shooting seems to be on the news all the time. But do you still remember which one is the deadliest? On the screen, April 16, 2008. The Virginia Tech campus shooting, it happened and took away 33 lives and left hundreds of traumatized students, parents, and school staff. What kind of comfort can you offer them for their unimaginable pain? Not from this world. But God, the source of all comfort, can. How many times in your life, in your past, have you said to God, I really can't do this anymore. It's just so hard. It's just so painful. But here we are. We can be comforted by God. He did, he is, and he will. So one takeaway here, my weary brothers and sisters, be encouraged and be lifted up. There's no affliction. Let me say it again. No affliction, not even one that our God won't be able to comfort you because he is the source of your comfort. Have a little faith in him.
let yourself be comforted in the process, even though you're in the middle of it, enduring the suffering. Not just that. Go share with others this comfort, which is the second aspect of our comfort, the purposes. I have Chinese here. Yay. In verse 4, <laughs> who comforts us in all our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in our, any affliction. Why Chinese? Because we're in Chinese church. <laughs> From the Greek text, we know that although it carries the meaning, maybe, that's what we see in the English translation. But actually, in Greek, you can always see it always carries the sense that we're actually are able to. That's what the Chinese translation reflects. This definitely gives us more motivation to live out this first purpose for our comfort so that we may be able, or we are able, to comfort those who are in any affliction. If you ask me at the age of 19 why God gave me comfort when I was walking with my friends in his last month, my answer was simple, just to survive the pain. However, 10 years later, I found myself sitting by the bed of another dying teenager, 14-year-old student of mine, who has four-stage lymphoma. And he asked me, why do I have to die so young? I don't want to die. It just broke my heart to hear that. But then I began to share with him how God comforted my friend when I was 19, when he was 19, in his last days. And guess what? I even have a scar, remember? To prove it. On that day, I witnessed how this verse came to life. How we could comfort others with the comfort God gave us. Our Father is merciful. Brothers and sisters, I know you have been studying the Sermon on the Mount, which is teaching us a different kind of values, the kingdom values. When we pray, the kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, probably you can recite it in your sleep, right? Have you ever thought what it really means? The earth is full of pain and tears. How possible heaven is here? When you, a kingdom person, we all, a kingdom people, Comfort those who are suffering on this earth with a comfort not from this world, but from God himself. A suffering person may be able to see a glimpse of heaven on earth because of you. However, you may be thinking, I'm still in the middle of my suffering. Yes, I experience God's comfort, but I don't even know if I can make it through. And this brings to the second purpose of our comfort. To enable you to endure the suffering patiently. Verse 6 reminds us, let's look at verse 6. Effective in the patient enduring of the same suffering which we also suffer. Verse 4 tells us we comfort as in all affliction. And then, our conflicts will end, right? 
and then everything's going to be fine. But when you read your Bible, that's not from the Bible. I added the rest. I changed the Bible. Oh, my God, I will get fired because of that, right? That's not what the Bible said. It never said that, okay, God comfort us, and everything's going to be okay. It will end. No. It just simply say, comfort us in all afflictions so that you may be able to comfort others. So what does that mean? That means it is true that God comforts you. It is also true that God wants you to comfort others. But God doesn't promise you that these two will overlap, won't overlap in time. It is not a surprise that people are suffering. It is not a surprise either that people care, maybe a little bit in this world. But it is definitely a surprise if you are still suffering and you still care. And that's what makes God's comfort so powerful, so unique. This spring to pass, the kingdom is at hand. It's on earth. So be prepared to comfort others, even though you're still suffering. God promised you, from verse 6, don't worry. God promised you that you will have the kind of comfort that is effective, and you can endure the sufferings patiently. One more takeaway before I move on to the third aspect of comfort. Comfort others with the comfort that God gives you, says in verse 4. Here's the thing. You don't have to know all the answers when you comfort others. Remember the heartbroken question I got from my 14-year-old dying student? He asked me, why do I have to die so young? Do you have an answer to that? I don't. I didn't. I think I would never have until one day I see him again in heaven. All I did was to be a faithful witness to God's comfort. I told him I don't know, but I told him what I know. I know how God comforted me when I was 19 with my dying friend. I know how God pulled us through. I know how God gave him comfort when doctors said there's nothing they could do. And I encourage you to do the same. If your struggles make God's footprints more vivid, you don't need to hide it. Just share with it. But at the same time, share with it with God's comfort. Pray for discernment. Not only the thoughtful details that you share will once again amaze you yourself, but also you will be able to let God's comfort shine over others in this broken world. But still, you may ask as well, who am I, right? What makes me capable to comfort others? This is where the first aspect about comfort comes in. Grounds for sufficiency. In verse 5, for just as the suffering of Christ are ours in abundance. The sufficiency, the ground for sufficiency is Christ's abundant suffering. The Bible tells us that if we truly follow Jesus, we are on the path of sharing his suffering. Well, you suddenly, first time you heard that, you thought it's, everything's going to be fine, rose garden along the way, right? Sorry. But at this time, the closer we follow Jesus, the more suffering we will expect. 
In other words, the more abundant the suffering of Christ we share, you will find yourself closer to God. But God, the source of our comfort, when you're closer to him, of course our comfort will be more abundant as well. But this only happened in the right way, through Christ. In verse 7, it reminds us again, a firm hope that not only we are the sharers of sufferings, we are the sharers of the comfort. But when we look at the Greek text, it carries another perspective on the screen, the red one. Not just we will share the sufferings of Christ. It reminds us the suffering of Christ is for us. So what is the relationship between Christ's suffering, his abundant suffering for us, and our comfort being abundant? Christ's suffering is so abundant, even to the point of death, wherefore you and me, which makes our relationship with this source of comfort possible and secure. After the shooting at Virginia Tech, Philip Yancey, probably you know him. He's one of my favorite writers. The writer who wrote a lot of inspiring books on suffering, such as Where is God When It Hurts? He's invited to speak at the school, Virginia Tech, and this part of his speech is from this book, What Good Is God? He's trying to search a faith that really matters in this broken world. And this is part of his speech. He said to all sitting right in front of him who just go through a traumatized mass shooting, he said, Where is God when it hurts? We know one answer, because God came to earth in person, show us. Instead, he responded with compassion, a word from Latin, which simply means to suffer with, and comfort, and healing. God stands on the side of those who suffer. Ten days before the shooting on this campus, Christians around the world remember the darkest day of all human history, a day in which evil human beings violently rose up against God's own son and murdered the only true innocent human being who has ever lived. We remember that day not as Dark Friday, Tragic Friday, or Disaster Friday, but we commemorate it as Good Friday. Cling to the hope that nothing that happens, not even this terrible tragedy, is irredeemable. Where mystery is, there is Christ. A very good reminder, isn't it? Where mystery is, there is Christ. So don't underestimate the power of Christ's abundant suffering for us. For once, he walked, he walked on this land, suffer, die. But he rose again. For once, this imperishable son of God became perishable because his everlasting love for you and me. Comfort comes from love. And this enduring love trumps any affliction. So don't ever doubt that through Christ, your comfort is not abundant enough for you and for you to share. 
However, not just for the abundance. In verse 6, having the same suffering makes another grounds of suffering, another ground for sufficiency. While people are sharing about their sufferings, have you ever heard something like this? Or when you try to comfort others, they will say to you, you have no idea what I'm going through. I remember one time a group of sisters, including me, tried to comfort a sister who just lost her baby due to miscarriage. But we could tell we are not doing a good job. Because none of us have faced this challenge. But I remember the moment another sister walked in and started to share her testimony of how God pulled her through her miscarriage. The eyes of that suffering sister just light up and tear up as well. Maybe at this point, you are the only leading role in the suffering chapter in your life. All you could feel is, I am the unlucky one compared to others. But there may be a bigger picture here. There's a reason for you to go through what you've been going through. It's the same suffering that makes you uniquely qualified to be the leading star in an other person's suffering chapter. But this time, instead of you going through the suffering again, you will be the good guy who can comfort that suffering person with God's comfort, with God's hope. Before I close today, I would like to share one last takeaway for you. Bear in mind that the comfort is from God through Christ, not you. God will use you. But at the same time, in order to have this God's comfort to the fullest scale, invite your friends to have a real relationship with God. Then and only then, you can bring God's comfort through Christ to his abundance. Also keep reminding them that God is the source, not you. And remind yourself as well, you are not the fixer, God is. Connect them to God always, such as using prayers and God's word. Meanwhile, strengthening the relationship with God. For you, it's the priority, and for your friends as well. Stay close to you. The source is the best way to receive comfort. Christ is the high priest that can sympathize with your weakness, so he really knows what you're doing and what he's doing. But for everyone, don't stretch yourself with the delusion that you need to earn God's comfort and your friend needs to do that. No, he wants to comfort you. By dying on the cross, Christ has already proven his unconditional love for all of us including you and me. So in conclusion, I would like to share the favorite line from Mr. Ra to encourage one another. Church, be a great witness to God's comfort. He comforts you today. He will comfort you, but not just for you, but also for the others who are around you who are suffering. To love another person is to see the face of God. 
Do not suffer in vain. Do not suffer alone, but stay close to your source of comfort. And he will enable you, and he will comfort you. With your sharing of this comfort, not from this world, his kingdom come, his kingdom came. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you so much for being a God of all comfort, for being a father of mercies. Even though this is a fallen world, in one way or another, we all suffer. But here you are with us. You're always here for us and offer the kind of comfort that this world doesn't deserve. We thank you for that. May your name be glorified forever and ever, and may you remind us over and over again that Jesus Christ who died on the cross to make this comfort possible. We pray in your glorious name. Amen.